everybody comes to visit Wesley in the hospital and it is, it does not go well. Angel gets this there. This is the first. tensest hospital visit in life. Oh my gosh. This is Alex. And this is Em. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about TV and movies that we're addicted to. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to the after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the back half of the hit Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff series, Angel. This series ended 16 years ago, yet still remains a relevant cultural artifact and topic of conversation today. So what was it that made this spinoff so compelling? And how did Angel manage to step out of Buffy's shadow and become its own household name? Stay tuned. everyone if you joined us last week welcome back and if you weren't here here are some critical details about angel uh the show is supernatural fiction action horror neo-noir a serial drama and a dark fantasy created by joss whedon and david greenwald it aired from october 5th 1999 until may 19th 2004 on the wb for five seasons and a total of 110 episodes it is a spinoff for buffy the vampire slayer and this series got its own spinoff, quote-unquote, comic, Angel After the Fall, which was released from 2007 until 2011. It stars David Boreanaz as Angel, a.k.a. Angelus, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia Chase, Alexis Denisoff as Wesley Wyndham Price, J. August Richards as Charles Gunn, and... Amy Acker as Winifred Burkle, a.k.a. Fred, as well as Illyria, one of the old ones. So let's jump in. We talked about the first two seasons last week. So season two ended with Willow coming to tell Angel that Buffy had died. So season three, 22 episodes. Let's get into it. Angel is off. He's mourning Buffy's death and figuring out what that means to him now. This person who had a huge impact on his life and who he wanted to be in his journey is now, and who I think, I guess he eventually felt like he might make his way back to one day, someday, is now gone. Not there anymore. So it's like a big deal. And it's it's actually, it's the season opener, and it's a really good episode. It's about, um, we get sort of m- a more really great um, uh, history for the characters. Uh, I think the episode is about this other vampire couple that 
Angel and Darla used to run with um, before Spike and Drew. At the end of the episode, we cut to Darla in a bar. We see that she is ego prego, y'all. Season two, Wolfram and Hart had done some demonic shit to bring Darla back as a human. And she had come back with the syphilis that she had that she had been dying of before the master had turned her. And Angel had tried to win her a second chance because he adamantly refused to turn her again, right? He refused to turn her back into a vampire. Drusilla had to come in and do that. Well, um, the second chance, even though it hadn't been enough to save her or the deal hadn't been honored, was enough to act as a loophole. Um, So she's eight and a half months pregnant, (laughs) y'all. It's it's way too late to do anything. It's way too late. She's This storyline is wackadoodle. And it's a really... (laughs) It's it's so wackadoodle. Funny enough, it works. And the reason why it worked is because there's just so much pain and history between those two characters that the whole thing sort of acts as like this healing. Like I moved still when Darla finally has this baby. It's a really great plot line to watch um, because it essentially acts as like, I think, a redemption for both of them and for their individual selves. But like, their time together because as we sort of like touched on a bit in the last episode I don't think that Angel and Darla are like great loves like she's definitely the type of person who I think he was like addicted to you know in a sense and she Mm -hmm. pushes him to his like like more his more evil nature they're at their worst with each other and and I liked it for the Darla character as well because like the whole thing of it is that the baby is like human and not only and because the baby is human the baby has like a soul and so like while the baby's just stating in her like she temporarily has a soul um that's why it's hard because she's sort of driven mad by it and like I really there's something about that that I really liked I don't know if you were to put read this on paper it's like y'all reaching what (laughs) It, it really materializes like it's really um it's really articulated and it really materializes on screen really really beautifully it's like this amazing redemption arc because we've been we've been messing with with darla on and off since buffy right she chose angel because he was a piece of shit as a human being and he became more so as a vampire she encouraged him when he drove drusilla mad before turning her like they have an absolutely toxic it's destructive like when when they're together the two of them let alone the four of them the season premiere also sort of introduces us to a character who will be pivotal this season called holt a vampire hunter who has like a long-standing beef with angelus he and his sort of like ragtag crew of, of vampire hunters will also be pivotal in what happens darla has this baby and she does it by uh, staking herself. It's ugly, but it it for me, it was fitting. I don't know. Before she dies, she says something really interesting. She says, um, to, to tell this child that they're the best thing that she's ever done with her life. And I feel like a lot of moms say that when they have a new baby, like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's I've ever done with my life. Look at my little miracle. Um, but like, a lot of these same women, like, 
found vaccines, cured certain types of cancer. So the child's not the best thing they've ever done with their life. <laughs> it's just the most meaningful thing to them. In Darla's case, however, that shit is true. <laughs> I understand, like, on your on its face why that's, like, sort of a troubling narrative to, like, frame this woman, like, having a baby is, like, the best thing she's ever done with her life. I, I can see why that's, like, uh. Like, but luckily because this character is like so extensive and so huge within the universe and we've just gotten so much history about her and her personality and it feels appropriate. Right. Somehow. So they have a son and Angel names him Connor. Um, you got to give his son a name with Irish roots because that's his people. The birth of Connor is a climax within the season, but they actually do a really good job of not letting the season slow down. Cordelia has her 21st birthday. She slips into a coma. And she becomes half demon. And so the pain that used to be associated with these visions disappears. Um, we're still continuing the storyline of Wesley with this prophecy of Connor Apocalypse. He comes across another prophecy that insinuates that Angel will kill Connor. Now... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna point out the giant loophole in Wesley's logic. Wesley wants to abduct Connor to protect him from Angel. But before you read that Angel will kill Connor, you read that Connor would bring about the apocalypse. Is it possible, Wesley, that the prophecy about him killing Connor manifests because Angel would later have to kill his son to protect the world from the apocalypse his son is gonna bring about? Wesley assumes the worst of Angel and is like, I gotta get this baby away from you. <laughs> That storyline is so ugly, but it's also that's also another really beautiful, really well written storyline. And it's and this is I think one of the things that Angel does so well and Angel and Buffy in terms of like their thematic elements and the things that they talk about and the things that they explore start to diverge. Buffy has a very as a show is it's not that it's not com complex, um, because it is very much so. But I think Buffy can be a bit more black and white, and the stories that they tell are a bit more good, bad, good, evil. And Angel starts to really, like, Angel, in this is particularly a season where Angel starts to, like, live in the areas of gray. And these just really imperfect people doing the best with what they have at that moment. And I empathize with that Wesley plowing because that's exactly what it is. Wesley is uh, doing the best with what he has at that moment. It's so uh, emotionally devastating to watch, but it's so good. It's really, and it's a really well-written uh, line. Wesley is like tortured about what, he, like what is his duty, what he needs to do, like what is the right thing to do. Does he ignore this prophecy? Does he um, find a way to save this baby? Does he... Because at the end of the day, like, Wesley, like, does he betray his friend? But at the end of... But also Wesley, you know, was... Wesley wasn't there for Angelus, but Wesley absolutely heard of Angelus and, and he knows how bad that can get. Um, he was certainly there for Angel when Angel sort of spun off the deep end when Darla came back initially, fired everybody. So he, I'm sure he can only imagine if that's Angel still in sold. And it's a really great story about intentions and like your intentions. What do you do? And like, do you ignore something and let it play out 
knowing that you could have prevented it or do you or, or do you make the hard choice to do the bad thing that could save someone it's it's what do you do because wesley goes to literally every single avenue to try to find evidence that this is that this prophecy isn't true he does everything he goes to every shaman every witch every like source that he can think of to cross reference to find something some confirmation to hear oh it's not real it's fake. He can't find it. He doesn't find it. It's it's really it's a really great plot. I know it sounds like really crazy, but it's so good. It is a really good plot. And this is why even though I think Wesley made a poor decision, I understand that I feel that way being an audience member who has all the information, right? He really did do the best of what he was given, and he never had bad intent. Um and but I do understand um Angel's anger later. and we'll, So I can see the fear and the concern and the best intentions that were driving Wesley's actions. And I can also see like the unmitigated rage of, of Angel's re- response. And I, I do agree that the show is a little bit murkier in terms of good versus bad than Buffy. But I think that's also what makes Angel, and particularly this season, so great. Angel has like absolutely taken to fatherhood he is like you're like exactly it's this thing he thought he would never have and once he has it he's like this is it like this is my real fucking purpose in life you can make a real big case for and i think you'd be accurate to say that angel is even though he's you know helping people or whatever he's really just existing that's all he's ever really done is like he's just somebody who exists he does he never necessarily had anything to live for right his life is a life of basically um what is that word um of performing services of retribution right for, for, forever 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 and here comes a child and he and it changes him. He starts really getting serious about, you know, taking on paying clients. He like revamps Angel Investigations. He starts like working harder. There's a real change in Girl, him. I thought he was gonna lose his soul again. He was so happy. So happy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, please don't lose your soul and eat that baby angel, please. 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 <laughs> so let's get into that baby napping real quick. Yeah, let's um, get into the baby <laughs> nappings. It's a it's a whole thing about with Wesley and then our new sort of antagonist, Holt. Um, and he's working with that Justine Cooper woman. So Wesley takes the baby, trying to get the baby away from Angel. He's intercepted and attacked by Justine, um, who's working with Holtz. And Angel doesn't know that this is going on. Angel tells Holtz, because he thinks Justine is the napper, the baby napper, he tells Holtz to take the baby before Wolfram and Hart do. Right. And so Holtz takes the baby to the darkest of the dark worlds, right? But not before telling Angel that, quote, his son will never know that he existed, which is like the most heartbreaking thing you can tell someone who's never going to see their kid again is that your child will never even know you existed. Whew, that scene killed me, you guys. It's ugly. And it's horrible because it's like Wesley and Holtz sort of broker an agreement beforehand. And Holtz double crosses Wesley, which I, yeah, like I don't. Which was always the plan, right? Right. I don't understand how Wesley did not see that coming. Like, (laughs) 
I, you know what? So I'm trying to give Wesley the benefit of the doubt. I feel like Homie was just so scared of this prophecy and all the times he had it confirmed and trying to find a way out of this that he was just team anyone but Angel at that point. I mean, he was just like, I need to get this baby away from Angel and anyone will do. <laughs> and anyone will do. See, and that's so interesting to me because I would feel, I would hope that what, and I think that was my only gripe was that I would have hoped that Wesley would have been smart enough to understand that like Holtz and Justine cannot be trusted, but that he at least is now, I think, formidable enough to take that baby and run. Right. Because if I, if, if I thought that my, my homie was going to kill their baby, I'm not going to involve anybody else in this mix. I'm already, I'm already like engaging in a crime, right? Right. (laughs) I'm just going to take the baby and be out. Be out. Um, And listen, I, I w- I also want to say to the Wesley to the baby napping. I do admire. I I do think something that I something that I do admire is that um, Wesley did it, take action because a lot of people would have just watched that played out. I do remember admiring Wesley for that reason of like he would he was so he was so worried that this baby was going to die that like, he just, he took action to like, cause a lot of people would have been like, Oh, well maybe it's fake. And, and it would have just kept an eye on angel. And-, and it's interesting because, and this is one of the sci-fi and fantasy and mythology tropes that I really love. Um, actually I never get tired of this trope because it always materializes in different ways in different uh, mediums and different genres. Um, the one of the self-fulfilling prophecy you know mm-hmm. the prophecy knowing on knowing about it is what causes you to act and put the the set of systems into motion that actually um help fulfill the prophecy i mean they did it here i mean i think one of the most popular ones in pop culture is um lord the prophecy that um said that lord voldemort would be destroyed um, by a child. And he ultimately brought that about over the course of like 17 years, but he set that into motion when he killed Harry and attacked Harry's parents. So it's really, really interesting because what I've learned from books and TV and television shows is that, and, and movies is that, um, not knowing the prophecy is, is usually the best bet. <laughs> right. Not knowing your future is the best bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, because the knowing be really like tripping y'all up. Really? <laughs> Gets like messing people up so yeah so the baby is napped and um holtz and yeah it's because a lot of people want the baby because the baby is at the center of this quote-unquote prophecy wolfram and hart want the baby there's this other demon that wants the baby um holtz wants the baby and holtz wants the baby mostly because he wants revenge it's it's revenge on um angelus who murdered his family hundreds of years ago um man he kept that grudge for real um <laughs> <He held it. laughs> but like it's it's so basically we're led to believe that the prophecy that angel and darla's son will bring about the apocalypse is accurate and the prophecy that angel would kill connor is one that holtz made up to to set wesley into action essentially right he went back in he had I don't think he went back in time, but he he spelled somebody to go back in time to write it and to con- confirm it and to do all these things. And then we find out that the, the demon that wants the baby was also instrumental in helping Holtz uh, write mm. this prophecy. And they 
after Connor's gone, we pick up with like Wesley in the hospital because Holtz's like side boo, Justine, she cut Wesley's throat and Wesley got to the hospital in time. So he survived. So everybody comes to visit Wesley in the hospital and it is, it does not go well. Angel gets this there. This is the first. tensest hospital visit in life. Oh my gosh. So Angel gets there first and Angel is like, I understand why you did what you did. I see you. I'll kill you. Yeah, like he's told him point blank, if I ever see you again, I will murder you. Like, murder. So Uh, Wesley's banished from the group for obvious fucking reasons. This season, honestly, when I'm just talking about it, it feels so long to talk about it, but it doesn't feel long to watch it, which I think is pretty great writing. Angel eventually gets Connor back this season, but now he's 16 years old. And he thinks all is well. But his son is really here to just infiltrate and kill him. And Cordelia goes through like her third transformation of self. She she gets called to a higher plane. So like she became half demon this season and she gets called to a higher plane this season. So our girl's just like she's like she's like the perpetual caterpillar turned butterfly. She just keeps changing and growing. <laughs> right, right. Connor comes back older, uh, played by Vincent Carthizer. Um, mm-hmm. who will eventually be Pete on Mad Men. And yeah, he is he's here to kill Angel. That's that's his his MO. So this season ends with Cordelia gets called to a higher plane and Connor along with Justine the side boo mm-hmm. uh kidnap Angel. Side boo slash stepmom. <laughs> side boo slash stepmom. Kidnap Angel and they lock him in a box and throw him out into the bottom of uh, to the bottom of the ocean. Now, if that plot sounds familiar, uh, it is. You've seen it before on a show that I shall the not Vampire name. Vampire Diaries <laughs> season four finale. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> they really thought we would forget this. I mean, it's a it's a different context. I think like Stefan was thrown into that box and 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 tossed um, over out to sea or over the waterfall by his by the person he's a shadow of um but it's the same thing you lock in a vampire in a box (laughs) throwing him into a body of water so he can drown over and over and over and over again so you can get your jollies off because you're a horrible piece of of shit who can't even be bothered to just stake him and be done with it (laughs) (laughs) but the fact that it was a tbd season finale and then this is like the angel season finale. I'm like, wait, y'all didn't even try to switch up the episodes that was going to happen on. Like, I mean, girl, if it ain't broke, if it ain't broke. <laughs> but yeah, Cordelia gets called to the higher plane. Um, angel gets dropped off into the bottom of the ocean. Lauren moves to Vegas. So Fred and Gunn are the only people left in the agency. Um, Wesley's been banished. We talked about that. They don't know where the fuck everybody is. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's season three. So season three, how how did you feel about season three? I thought season three was very good, actually. Season three is my favorite season of Angel. Season three is excellent. Season three is so good. I give it a solid good. Um, you know, we talk about here, uh, we really respect people when they, like, swing for the fences, even if it doesn't work. Even if it doesn't work, the fact that you swung for the fences, uh, we really respect it. I think season three swung and then, like, actually, and, and it hit. Like it did. Uh, so I mean, there are so many wackadoodle ass when you're like talking them out loud plot lines. Um, 
that they just made work. And it, to me, that's very impressive. Right. I think season three, what I, what I loved about season three is I never once thought of Buffy, even though a lot of these characters came from Buffy. I'm not wondering what she's doing, where she's going. I mean, Buffy was still on TV. And um, season three of Angel coincides with season six of Buffy, where they bring that girl back um, without even her, without even getting her consent. But, you know, I talked about that. <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, he's not thinking about um, Buffy. And I think giving him a child, giving him someone to love um, unromantically, someone who needed him, someone he needed to provide for and protect was the best way of just severing that angel Buffy thread <laughs> and, and and really, really cementing this series as its own endeavor. Season three is like where they begin this sort of like angel and Cordelia are like meant for each other. I'm not acknowledging it. Like, you know what? I would have. I really wanted to acknowledge it, but then they fucked that shit up, and we're gonna talk about how they <laughs> ruin it in season four. Because Cordelia's grown so much; she's not the girl that she was in high school, and Angel's grown a lot too. And I honestly feel like their relationship, because it's built on that solid foundation of friendship, had so much more basis in reality than Buffy and Angels ever did. But then the writers ruin it in season four. So let's talk about season four, shall we? See, um, I didn't even think, I just, it's ha- it starts happening in season three, and I'm like, no. Like, I just, there's no part of me. I thought on the rewatch, I would, like, like it. I'd be like, yeah, this is good. Like, no, it doesn't hit. Like, no, I don't, I don't subscribe to it still. I'm still, like, that is a no for me. But um, <laughs> season four, season four uh, starts. 22 episodes of... A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's so much. And we'll talk about why also, like, some behind-the-scenes, like, rumors and stuff of why, part of why it was a lot. Um, so, season four picks up with uh, Angel having, like, this dream of uh, Thanksgiving at the, the, the hotel with everyone around. He's in woken up out of that dream because the water starts pouring in and he then wakes up and remembers that he's, you know, drowning again. If this sounds like another season opener, you would not be wrong in uh, thinking that. Um, TVD season five, episodes <laughs> one and two. And it's all very unfortunate. Gun is- and Fred are, are spearheading the team all by themselves. And... Wesley is having questionable sex with Lila, but you know, he's also not in, a, in the best of mental places, so I'm not judging him. Lila um, of Wolfram and Hart employ, just in case you guys needed a refresher on that, like she works for literal demons. Okay, sis. Um, <laughs> but Fred and Gunnar are searching for Angel, and Wesley is alone, obviously, because he's been cast out, also searching. For Angel, because we don't know where he is. No one knows where Cordelia is either. And the the and uh, and it's actually Wesley who gets the information out of Justine and ends up rescuing Angel, which I feel was pretty much the only thing he could have ever done to repair that relationship or start to repair that relationship when he literally robbed Angel of fifteen years of his son's life. And then I think that 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 storyline, even though I understand why they did it, still eats away at me because he was robbed of a critical element of fatherhood. Yeah, he raised him to be a shit person, but Holtz got to raise his son. 
Right. Holtz is the one that has, is the one that um, ultimately influenced how Connor thinks and feels about the world and, and the people in it and what it means to um, be human, be um, growing into his manhood, all that stuff. And when Angel gets home, he banishes Co- Connor, obviously. And then he's like, we need to find Cordelia. They can't find her, though, but they do go to Las Vegas to rescue Lorne. And when they come home, they just find her there. Cordelia's an amnesiac now. She doesn't know how the fuck she got here. She doesn't know who she is. And they they and they shouldn't have done this because she's been through a lot in life. But they fill her in on some of the details of her life, and she's like, um, I'm good. And she goes to live with Connor, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, did they not also fill her in that he can't be trusted? Like, why? I, I don't know how they thought that this was a good idea or that it's a decision that someone who's lost their memory would make. Yeah. It was it was a lot. Um, they were setting us up for some shit that I am not okay with. <laughs> so, what, so this is what happened. So what had happened was... Charisma Carpenter got pregnant. And apparently she didn't tell anybody. Like, she told no one. Just kept going. And, like, but when Joss Whedon found out, he was, like, like pissed. Which, sir, that's not your, you're not the father. That's, mm. But he was apparently, like, very, very angry at her. It's been rumored that everything that happens with the Cordelia character was low-key, like, punishment from him. When it comes to Angel and and Cordelia, clearly we disagree on whether or not that was a right move. But for me, it made a lot of sense. The one pair-up that didn't make any fucking sense, and I agree, was definitely a punishment to the actress, is that the the show has Cordelia... And Connor hook up. Anything that he could think of to like get people to hate the Cordelia character, he just did. And that like, and that's the that's the rumor. That's the yeah. rumor. And having Cordelia sleep with a 16-year-old child who's like who she remembers from or doesn't remember because she's amnesiac. But like the whole thing is gross. The whole thing is is creepy. It's disgusting. Um, and by making her an amnesiac, it completely um, puts a full stop on the Angel Cordelia um, burgeoning love story, right? Love story, yeah. Even today, like, it's very, like, it's murky and hush-hush, and, like, it was the reason that, like, Charisma Carpenter and Joss Whedon fell out with each other. There was, like, a lot of rumors and talk. So that happens. Now, in season four, we're dealing with an entity called The Beast, yeah, um, I hate this plot. Oh Cordelia, this is another like shitty plot, and with that's full of plot holes. If we want to sit down and like poke holes in all of them, like switch Swiss cheese, but um, she gets a vision of the beast, um, and this is right before she sleeps with Connor um, during the apocalypse. Blah blah blah. The beast appears to know Angel. So Wesley uses magic to try to snatch out Angel's soul in the hopes that this will jog his memory on how to kill the beast. I'm not even sure why he thought that was a good idea because getting a soul never made Angel lose his memories. So I don't know how taking it out is going to make him remember anything, but okay. This doesn't work, obviously, because having a soul has not, did not give him memory damage, did not give him long-term memory loss. But then um, Cordelia kills Lila. No tears shed over that. Sorry, girl. And it turns out Cordelia is the beast's master, 
Right. Cordelia's been evil this whole time. <laughs> like, and this is after Sis got caught. Like, they don't even really fill in the huge gap of how she could have ascended to the higher plane and then magically come back to Earth as a master of a literal demon. Right. That's never figured out. Oh, it's so some, like, yeah, the beast plot is terrible and it doesn't make any sense. On top of it, just being like, not even Gina Torres can save the Beast plot. You know what I mean? And they always get her in our favorite sci-fi shows when that shit is being run into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like, circa Cleopatra 2525, they've been doing this. <laughs> Any type of sci-fi show gets into trouble, they're like, girl, let's see if Gina can fix it. <laughs> Please, girl, we need you. You know what? I'm lying. This was even before Cleopatra 2525. They've been doing this since Xena. They've been doing this with our girl since Xena. <laughs> It's a lot. It, like, she's not your magical black band-aid. God. <laughs> Y'all um, wrote this shit bad. Just take ownership. Um, but so yeah. The, but, the- but now they're dealing with the Beast and Angelus because Wesley's little spell to jog his memory didn't work, but it did snatch out his soul, as intended. Because the whole thing was that, like, Angel couldn't remember... But Angelus does remember the beast for whatever reason. That doesn't make any sense. None. (laughs) Like, I mean, for everything that we've learned on Buffy and then learned on Angel about vampires and how all of this works, the all the all the mythology, how how this universe works, it doesn't make any sense why Angel wouldn't have uh, Angelus's memories or not remember the beast. But I guess they had to like manufacture drama because Like, soul or no soul, he has memories. Angel, angel with a soul, remember shit from when he was still human. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, <sighs> Literally, he remembers being in hell. What are you talking about? <laughs> talking about, actually. So now Wesley has to go to jail to get faith. Um, so he goes to try to get old girl um, from prison to go deal with Angelus because he fucked up. Because his bright idea wasn't that bright after all. <laughs> um, Willow enters the situation, having to do battle with Cordelia. And she is the one who eventually returns Angel's soul so that Faith does not have to put him down. <laughs> Through the course of everything, Angela somehow escapes. And so then Faith has to then find him and contain him. Um and then, uh, just a real quick question. Like, <laughs> assuming that Wesley's theory was actually based on any relevant fact, what would have ever led these people to believe that Angelus was a being that could be contained? When has he ever been contained in his hundreds of years of terrorism? <laughs> Girl, you know, sometimes you feel like you... <laughs> Girl, sometimes you get desperate. And I guess the kids were desperate. <laughs> Um, the the kids were very very desperate so the beast does like rain sort of this terrorizes the city and and they don't really defeat him but he gets he eventually gets defeated by uh, a a whole cast of characters there's oh there's a girl that comes in this season who's basically rogue uh from the x-men comics (laughs) <laughs> they call her Gwen and her pot and she and she electrocutes people, but it's it's basically rogue. It's rogue. That's all I'm saying. She even has like a cute little streak in her hair. 
Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I feel like she's like a rogue Jubilee hybrid. Hybrid. And she, along with Faith, along with other people try to try to stop the beast. It fails. Oh, and then everyone realizes Cordy's like evil this whole time. No, she gets pregnant. She's pregnant with Connor's child and she tells everybody that. And like, honestly, even if she gotten knocked up by the beast, I would have preferred that to this fucking plot line. <laughs> Same. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is this is nasty. And then and then after and then uh on and then she finally on like Inside Out, at the end of Inside Out, um, she finally gives birth to this child, and then we never see Cordelia ever again. Like she's just thrown off the show. Um Jasmine is is here. She's manipulative as hell. She manipulates everyone around her, and only Fred can see her for what she truly is. I'm not sure why only Fred. I don't feel like this was extrapolated upon whatever but she, she manages- no it's it's about like your blood when their blood mixes with jasmine's oh right 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 i remember that i remember that um she, so right. so because her blood had mixed with jasmine um jasmine's influence doesn't work on her right so when jasmine is born it's it's gina torres so everyone's just sort of going with this idea that like she's come to save earth cool and why would- is your child black the world will may never know. <laughs> it's supernatural, M. She was born in a ray of green light, okay? So just go okay, with so it. White, two white people plus a green light equals a black child. Got it. <laughs> love it. Love it. So she's born and um in Jasmine's like influence is like she's like healing the whole world, even though she's eating people. Her whole thing is is like she's She's eating people and, um, quote unquote, she says absorbing their energy. It's, she's eating, she's killing people and she's eating them. Uh, I absorbed a cow's energy yesterday. So, (laughs) um, and, uh, while, so, and everyone is like immediately like struck by her and she's creating world peace, I guess. Not really. Things start to go left when Fred, who is washing, like, the blood out of her, there's... Jasmine gets cut for some reason uh, that I can't remember now. And Fred was, like, vigorously trying to get Jasmine's blood out of a sweater. And Fred, because she'd been scrubbing so hard, its blood then mixes with Jasmine's. Fred is able to see Jasmine for what she really is, which is a demon. Right. Jasmine's got the wool over everyone's eyes. And um, Fred is eventually able to convince all the others, like, this witch is evil. And I think that's why they cast a black woman, honestly. But whatever. What do I know? Yeah, they have a race problem over there on on Angel and Buffy. But Fred, no, one by one, Fred, like, gets Jasmine's blood to mix with all the others' blood. And it's... Right. And it's it's actually a really great sequence. This is another part that's actually really well written. Uh, like she like the first one, she shoots Angel or she shoots Jasmine and the bullet goes through to Angel, which is really clever. Uh, mm-hmm. And once Angel, once it hits Angel and Angel can see, then Angel's like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> so this is what we're doing. And Fred and Angel go on the run and one by one, they get everyone to, um, 
they get everyone to to see the truth, at least everyone on the team, at least. And but what's but the big turn is um, on the the penultimate episode of the season where we realize that Connor was able to see Jasmine this whole time. He always saw that she was a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when Angel realizes how, like, I think that's when Angel really, really understands the extent to which Connor is, like, broken. Right, right. Because Connor is human. He is 100% human, even though his parents are two vampires. But I think the the, the one good thing about the, the Connor, well, there were actually many good things, minus his relationship with Cordelia. But one of the better things about the Connor character is that it showed the evil that can exist within humanity up close. We always kind of saw it at a distance on Buffy because Buffy and the people around her, the humans, are... They, they never fluctuate past the further than the gray. But with Connor, we see the, the huge toll that a bad influence can take on a person. Connor is really broken. He's really, there's something really ugly in his nature. He knows who, what Jasmine is. He knows what she's done, what she is doing, and he just accepts it. And you don't even know if that's because he's just so evil and like fucked up or because she's his daughter or both. So they defeat Jasmine, right? Uh, and but after they defeat Jasmine, and because they have to go to Jasmine's like real hell dimension and um, find her, you know, worshippers or whatever, her former worshippers, and it's like it's it's basically the story of Rumble Still Skin. Like if you can say her real name, then she like vanishes, and that happens, uh, and so. After that, of course, the city is plunged into chaos. But that act of like plunging the city into chaos and them defeating Jasmine really sends Connor into a tailspin. Um, right. He ends up having to kill his daughter by punching her a hole in her head. Who who wrote that? That is some comic book level energy. <laughs> it, it's really bad. And so so it brings us to the end of the season. And uh, so. Lila comes back from the dead. She's not necessary. She's dead, but you know, uh, Wolfram and Hart makes you sign that billion year contract. So even in death, Lila is laboring for, I just feel like there were other options that she could have taken after law school. <laughs> Cause um, girl, a thousand year contract. I know nobody blacks on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lila's back from uh, the hell dimension she's currently residing in. And uh, she is there. She's been sent by the the senior partners at Wolfram and Hart to uh, offer the team at Angel, Invest- at Angel Investigations a deal that they should come and run the L.A. branch of Wolfram and Hart. And everybody's like, oof, that is what? Um, And she lays it out. She's like, you know, the senior partners have all talked it over and they think that you guys would do a really great job. And and um, you should you should think about it. (laughs) And everybody basically does not know what to do. (laughs) Everyone is conflicted. um, But uh, 
But of course, because the show is called Angel and not Angel and Friends, um, <laughs> uh, the ultimate decision lies with uh, their leader. One, And it's interesting because one-on-one, everybody sort of gets on board. Uh, Lila is able to tempt and successfully convert pretty much every other member of the team to take this opportunity. And Angel, funny enough, is the last holdout. And Angel holds out all the way until he's given, until he finds out that Connor is about to commit like a mass murder. Connor has taken a bunch of people hostage in a sporting goods store and he's attached a bunch of explosives to himself and he's going to blow up everyone in the in the sporting goods store. Angel tries to repair it but Angel realizes there's nothing there to repair. Um, I mean Connor even says I'm not feeling anything at all. In order to save the people in the sporting goods store and ultimately Connor himself, Angel agrees to run to join Wolfram and Hart and and in exchange the the demons, the shamans at Wolfram and Hart uh, turn back time. Not turn back time, but they they create a new reality where Connor grew up in a nice home with mm-hmm. human parents and never had any of this and doesn't remember that any of this ever happened. He gets a whole, he gets a brand spanking new life from Wolfram and Hart. Right. I mean, Angel wanted to raise his son, but if it wasn't Wesley, it was going to be something else. There's always good danger around him and his son was human. And I think he understood you can't turn back time, but I can undo this damage, give him this new family and give these people memories of him and give them memories of him. And it was the only way to redeem Connor because the damage had been done. And I actually respected the show a lot for showing that there is a point of no return, even with a, a human being who has a soul. When too much damage has been done, you can't go back. You can only, um, if you if, if it's possible, erase the memory of that damage and that trauma and that indoctrination and whatever upbringing um, led to this. We misspoke, or at least I misspoke earlier, um, we don't see Cordelia for the rest of this season, but the reason why is because the show put her in another coma. This one's serving no purpose whatsoever. Apparently she's in this coma because of the demonic delivery of this demonic goddess um, child, Jasmine. So basically the show just, just benches her via this, this, this coma storyline. But we do see her again in season five, just in time for her to die. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> so, um, so that's how the that's how season four ends. Uh, and then the season, but season four really, really ends with um, Angel. Yes, has agreed to take over Wolfram and Hart uh, after they've given Connor this brand new life, and um, he also gets uh, he gets a little package from Wolfram and Hart and says. Um, that says, hey, Buffy needs this. Go deliver this. And then he he leaves to go to Sunnydale to help Buffy with, you know, the apocalypse. And um, he comes back. And Buffy, if you've seen season six, you've seen, you know, the ending season of Buffy Chosen, uh, the series finale. Um, you know that Buffy is like, I got this. I'm good. I'm me. <laughs> bitch, I'm me. Uh, been that bitch. Um, thanks for the little 
glowy jewelry thingy, but I got that, but you know, I'm going to do what I got to do. Uh, and Angel comes back just in time to see what the wolf, the life that Wolfman Hart gave Connor and Connor's happy. He's, uh, he's got a dad and, uh, a mom and a sister and, you know, he looks exactly, he looks like he's having the life, exactly the life that Angel always wanted for him. So, and that's season four. Yeah, that was, that was so bittersweet to watch because you he, he knew, you know, inherently, even under the best of circumstances, Angel could not have given him this life. Right. Um, and so the best thing he could do for his son was to sacrifice and cut all ties with him. And right. do exactly what Holtz had wanted all along. Make sure that his son would never know who he is and never have any memory of him. Right? Oh, <laughs> it's like... It, that should cut like a knife. Like a fucking knife. Um, and, and that's season four. So what do you think about season four? Oh, girl. I think it's bad. Yeah, I mean... I was going to err on the side of bad. Um, the one redeeming aspect of this season is honestly the, the great sacrifice that Angel makes to save his son, um, to save his son's uh, integrity and to save his quality of life. Everything else about this season is a clusterfuck. It was nice to see Willow and Faith again, but yeah, y'all could have kept that. Y'all <laughs> season four like honestly. Um, no, yeah, season four is not good. Like, but I mean, because even, like, the stuff, the sacrifice and Connor, it, like, comes at the very end. It's, like, after all of that. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like... I could have uh, skipped all of that. Um, I mean, we, we, we did think there was going to be a little bit of hope for Connor because he does kill Jasmine to save Angel. But, like... But, like, he's broken. He doesn't not... He, it's not even that he doesn't know how to connect with his father. He doesn't know how to connect with humanity anymore as a human being. Um, Connor was really fucked up and we could have spent this time, um, forging the Cordelia angel relationship, or if you really wanted her off the set that much saying that she's been impregnated by the beast, but instead you had to give us this bullshit storyline where he becomes a father to Cordelia's child. For what reason? What was the reason? So yeah, I'm going to give it a basic, um, it's spared from bad just for that, like last episode. <laughs> Wolfman Hart, LA branch being run by by Team Angel, is what takes us into the premiere of season five. Now, I'm going to say something. I love season five. I think it's probably one of the best seasons of Angel. I would say, if I had to pick, like, the best seasons of Angel, I would say it's three and five. Um, Hard agree. Hard (laughs) agree. And let me tell you why it's the best season. It's so good. Uh... It's like see, it's like season five remembered like why we love this show, why we love these characters, why we love this universe, why we spend time here, and it did all the things, and it really brought Angel like full circle, and it kicked so much ass, and um, it wrestled with all these really great ideas uh, and interesting thoughts, and so let's get into it. So. Season so the season premiere actually uh, starts uh, the way it opens. It is the same opening of like Angel season one of Angel sa- saving this like really pretty blonde girl. Uh, it comes it like echoes like the the series premiere, except the difference now is that before 
Angel was sort of this, you know, solo project. And after, um, and, you know, after he saves the girl, he usually walks off into the night. But this time when he saves the girl, there's like 20 billion cameras for like the photo op <laughs> um, and from Wolferman Hart. And then there's like a lawyer and she has to sign, the girl has to sign like an NDA. And it's so great because it really sets this new tone for the show of like, of what life is going to be like now that Team Angel is running um, Evil Incorporated, uh, so to speak. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, now, it's, I should mention that season five is the first and only season of Angel, which aired after following a finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and this is interesting because this gives us the excuse for seeing some of our old favorites again. We see Harmony again, who was Cordelia's high school BFF, and we see Spike again, who is like... I guess the best way to put it is Angel's grandson slash frenemy. <laughs> slash frenemy slash brother. I, brother, I don't know. They have a complicated ass relationship. They <laughs> have a complicated ass relationship. <laughs> but I love uh, season five because even though we get like a larger ensemble cast, that's kind of reminiscent of season one um, and kind of harkens back to that campiness of season one. Um, we also get a little bit of levity because season four was so intensely bad. Um, <laughs> it feels it feels like a relief <laughs> when we get into season five, despite the fact that the tension has not been dialed down, but the story starts to kind of make sense again. Cause again, glaring plot holes in season four. Right. Also. Um, and then also I think the big, one of the, I think the, the thesis for season five is like really clear. Um, the, the, uh, the thesis being that you don't change the system. The system changes you, right? Um, you have Angel and his team who are always, who for, I mean, a better, for lack of a better term, like were always outside, um, did their work, did the work of helping people outside of quote unquote the system or like the accepted ways of helping people. But mm-hmm. And maybe they didn't have all these money and they didn't have all these resources, but what they did was pure. And, and now that they are, have been absorbed by Wolferman Hart, we very quickly come to realize that like, you know, all that money, all that resources, it has strings attached and you can't, and no matter how much you would like to, by the mere act of accepting these these things that's how evil gets you <laughs> right when i saw that life that they gave connor i knew it wasn't gonna be i knew it was gonna be ropes attached to that <laughs> because i was like that life is actually really good they kept their promise oh when demons keep their promises they're gonna be milking you for everything you're worth <laughs> right but and but it also it also explores this larger idea of like can you still do good within an like within an inherently evil and corrupt system and the answer I think that the season ultimately comes to is no, you you can't. Um, and I think that idea and that message is so timely. Um, it's still a very, I mean, particularly now, it's an extremely relevant one and something that, and it's part of the reason why I really enjoy season five. Right. I honestly just love how season five feels 
like you said earlier, like it's coming full circle. We're starting to get back on track. Um, it has a lot of the great action of season three. It it has, and it kind of gives me of the nostalgia of season one as well. I really like the season. I don't like all the decisions made in the narrative of this season, but at least they feel cohesive, if that makes sense. Interesting. So, um, so by the end of the, the first, by the season opener, like we said, uh, I think the big thing that happens is that Spike is released from the necklace and he, he joins Team Angel. Angel is at its strongest, and I think this universe is at its strongest when um, they ex- really ex- when they take thematic uh, ideas and then lean into the history uh, of these relationships and and the people in them. Um, and that was one of and that's one of the and that's one of the more that's one of the better sort of plots of this season. Um, so yeah, Spike comes back in the necklace from the necklace, and he is just a, a ghost, and he's sort of haunting uh, the halls of Wolferman Hart until um, one day he begins to fall into a hell dimension. Um, and it's and this episode is amazing, by the way. Uh, I couldn't like sleep for a week after I watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a very great like horror episode. And James Marsters is is once again at his best, and he starts to fall into this hell dimension, and uh, Angel for the most part is like, girl, like let him go, like I'm not saving him, like I'm not gonna, you know, worry myself. But Fred, um, you know, like a good girl and a, a person with a conscience, and she's she so feels- sweet. The, we they don't deserve her. <laughs> <laughs> she feels so bad. Um, she does help him find his uh, corporeal body. But one of the best, I think, most interesting scenes of that episode is we get to see, I think, the real difference between Angel and Spike um, and how Angel and Spike are so are are so different in, in a way. Um, they have this amazing conversation where Spike says, I thought that um me you know saving the world i thought i thought that would be it i thought i would get my heaven card and angel is like <laughs> and angel sort of like laughs and he's like oh no like we're going to hell like don't get this twisted like you know there's nothing that we do he's like angel's like you you saved you did it you had one apocalypse i've you know i have Four under my belt, um, but I am under no illusion that I'm going to heaven when I get dusted. When the time comes, he's like, you know, you and I, what we did, that can never be repaid. It it just can't. Um, and Angel's like, I know that I'm going to hell. Like I'm aware. I, I've made peace with it, and and you'd be better off making peace with it as well. Um, I mean, low key, he's already been there, so you got a preview, <laughs> right? And so, so it's it's really great, and it's great to watch. I think their relationship, their relationship to each other, it's one of the best defining things I think of the season. Uh, so then, another thing that happens is that Fred dies, which is sad. 
Mm, yeah, Fred. Well, first, Fred becomes possessed with by the spirit of Illyria, which is one of the old ones, a plot that I don't agree with at all, because I felt like they were trying to do something dramatic with the Fred character when she's been a consistently a cornerstone of the team since she got here. You didn't have to, like, up the ante. I don't understand the purpose. Um, but Illyria eventually consumes her flesh and kills her because it's too great uh, for her body to to contain. Cordelia also dies this season after being benched for most of last season. Um, hate to see it. The Basically, the, the poor decisions of last season um, continue to have a domino effect in this season, despite the fact that this season is very good. Um, so the season, the, 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 the team goes from um, chaotic neutral to kind of like chaotic evil <laughs> a little bit. Right. And uh, the team grapples with basically what I said earlier. It's like, can you do good within an inherently evil and corrupt system? Um, I want all the black cops and black ICE employees to pay attention to what Alex is about to say next. (laughs) And the answer is fundamental. And the answer that the team gets to is fundamentally is no. Um, You cannot because uh, you are not great enough of a force to to um, really truly affect something that is so entrenched. Um, and they try, and that's that's and that's what's so interesting about this season. They really do. I think the t- Angel team really does try um, to do good, to try to set lines, to try to set boundaries, to try to change this um, evil demonic law firm, and they can't because it is at it at its inherency, at its inception, at its creation. At its core, it is evil. It cannot be changed. It will only change them. And one of the great, and we see this, and one of the great ways that this season and Angel enforces and reinforces this idea is through some of our favorite people. So um, there's an episode, uh, there's an episode where, because uh, I'm Buffy. If you watch Buffy, Buffy has given all the girls and all the all the potential slayers are now, you know, got upgraded to full slayers. And one of there's an episode where one of them is uh, inherent, like one of the slayers, one of the potential slayers um, is uh, not well mentally. Um, she's she's mad, and so she's killing innocent people. Um, due to being driven mad by Spike, actually, of all people. Andrew, that is now part of Team Buffy, uh, (laughs) Andrew comes to Los Angeles to get her. And uh, Spike and Angel uh, and Team Angel initially contain her, but once it's time to, once it's time to, I think, hand her over, to team Buffy angel doesn't really want to at first. He's like, well, I'll hand her over when Buffy gets here. Like, I don't even, I don't speak to you. And he's, he angel gets like a really like rude awakening when he is informed that like 
Buffy. Team Buffy doesn't really trust you anymore. Like you're no longer trusted by um, Giles and Buffy and Willow due to the fact that you're now running this evil law firm. Um, And this happens again when uh, the real apocalypse apocalypse is coming and Fred needs help um, in, or in, or when Fred needs help, Angel calls Giles to ask him to send Willow to help uh, fix Fred and they won't come because they can't trust, they can't trust them anymore. Uh, and that is so cool and so interesting. And it, and that's how that show reinforces this idea. So essentially their new f- source of income and employment is what gets Fred killed. Well, I mean, that and the, the, the possession. But it's interesting um, because some people would tell you that you can change things from the inside out. You can change an institution. But I want to make something very clear. Infiltrating for the purpose of change does not work. It's never worked. Infiltrating for the purpose of espionage to to get reconnaissance and then bring that information back to another entity to destroy the one that you've infiltrated is the only thing that's ever worked. (laughs) You can't just be like, I'm a good person and my goodness will seep into this foundation of corruption and decay. Because when Wolfram and Hart made that deal with Angel, understand he's been a vampire for centuries, but they've been around for much longer than that. They will always protect their interests first and last. They would never ever, ever leave the smallest loophole or margin for him to undo the work that they have been doing. Exactly. (laughs) And (laughs) so, and, and you see this in, and initially as a, as an audience members of viewer where angels start, um, angel himself starts to go up the ranks of, of evil. And we're all sort of like, uh, he gets, let into these he goes higher and higher into like you know the the spectrum of evil and at first we're sort of like oh shit like angels just decided that like he's not gonna do this anymore um but the but the series finale um not fade away is uh one of an amazing series finale, by the way, is essentially Angel has gone up the ranks of evil and he's cut a deal with an old friend, Lindsay, all the way back from season one. Um, really getting, <laughs> really love him. Love him. Uh, he's Lindsay and Lila were really on that new shit. <laughs> uh, he's cut a deal with um, Lindsay Basically, they've agreed, you know, the enemy of our enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And they've all agreed to try to use this information, like you said, spy reconnaissance, um, use this information to uh, take down Wolfram and Hart once and for all. So they... Because that's the only thing that works. If you're infiltrating, you got to turn on them. <laughs> you got you can't turn their hearts or whatever you're going to be thinking about doing. <laughs> they kill all the high-ranking se- senior officials, um, the senior partners at Wolfram and Hart. All, basically, all the big, big, bad demons. It triggers uh, another apocalypse. And... 
um, a and lot another of, one and another one <laughs> and a lot voice. of our a lot of our friends die. Wesley dies. Fred is already dead. Um, Cordelia dies. Cordelia dies. Connor, who regains his memory and finally <laughs> and made peace with his father. Um, ma- no, they make they actually like come to they make peace with each other. It's actually really beautiful. Um, Connor, yeah, I, I remember that, but like, and and I guess his experiences with his like pretend family helped him grow a conscience. But like, if he has his memories, that 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 cancels out the contract. Yes. <laughs> And that's how contracts work. You have to hold up your answer or the contract is null and void. Gun is mortally wounded. He's two steps away from death. Spike is, you know, Spike. And um and then and it and then there's Illyria. And so the series ends with Gun, Spike, Angel, and Illyria uh in the rain. Um, bloodied, beaten, and bruised, looking at basically an army uh, of demons, uh, along with a dragon coming to to kill them for what they've done. Uh, the final shot is just Angel taking um, his sword to the camera, and then it's blackout, and we're sort of left to to infer that they die. Um, cause there's no way that four of the four of them could, uh, could outlast a, a horde of demons and a dragon. And it's, it's a cynical ending, but it's also a perfect one for this show. It's, it's really, um, it's beautiful. I actually really like it. I like it too. And I think I, I think the reason both then and now that I wasn't disappointed in the ending was because I felt like from the moment we met Buff Angel on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we knew his story was like maybe there was hope for her at one point, but we always knew his story was going to have a tragic end. Angel was never going to have the happy ending. He was never supposed to. You're right. That That is it. And you're right. And that's why both finales of both shows are perfect Buffy ends with Buffy sort of walking off into the sunset victorious and um and Buffy and the Scoobies finding new life new purpose and and continuing on and and Angel and, and Team Angel spike they die and that feels correct right I mean Spike did a great thing um, them resurrecting him or bringing back this character for season five of Angel, I thought was a real stroke of of genius because I feel like with the Spike characters, with the Darla characters, I don't think he ever got this with Drusilla because Angel is the reason for all the damage done to her. But with the Spike characters and with the Darla characters, um, I think both parties, um, both Angel for Darla, Darla for Angel, and Spike to Angel, Angel to Spike, really helped each other confront the worst of themselves. They did a lot of damage. They hurt a lot of people. They've done terrible things. And I think that conversation with Angel and Spike was when I knew this shit was not going to end well. Because I felt like that conversation with Spike is almost like the conversation that a person has with themselves when they're on death row. Like, right. just make peace with it. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, right. And it's, I like the idea of, um, 
And I also like this idea, particularly uh, of, you know, heroes get heroic endings and, and anti-heroes unfortunately don't. It doesn't mean that they weren't valuable. It just means that even when you when you do bad things, you just you have to pay the piper. That's just how it goes. Um, right. We get little loopholes where people suffer for a bit and they come out victorious. We had that with Faith in particular is like a perfect example of this. The Anya character on Buffy was another lesser example of this. But at the end of the day, Buffy and Angel have been very, very clear in their writing that when you do horrible things, you must face the consequences of your actions. And a couple of good deeds is not going to undo that. (laughs) I guess on the flip side of Buffy... Just because you mess up once or twice doesn't cancel out all the good things that you've done. Um, exactly. So don't stress about being perfect. But season five, great. It's a good, it's a solid good for me. Season five was uh, good for me as well. I think the only season I thought was truly great was season three. I've, I have big love for season three. Um um, but season season five and season one are very, very close behind. I give those solid goods. Um, season two is a little bit basic. Season we, we don't, don't want to talk about season, season four. Season four. <laughs> yeah, let's not just, just not discuss it. But overall, the show did amazing, amazing work in crafting this almost separate universe within a universe. Obviously, this is a part of the Buffy universe, but it crafted its own identity. It gave its characters their own purpose. It had storylines that were not driven by the um, the the source material, um, and um, that became increasingly more character driven and not just plot driven. And I really appreciated that. I really thought that this was a huge challenge, and the risers, the the writers of the show, more or less, rose to the occasion. Same, same. I just, I think it just this show. It was really, it was just great. I loved it. Um, and I, like I said, I, in the first episode, I think it's been influential in so many ways in terms of how we think about this idea of a cinematic universe and um, how you craft a spinoff and, and how you use characters, how you use relationships um, uh, and histories of characters to each other to create just incredible story. Um, and, it was really, I just really enjoyed and I loved um, rewatching this show. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I really loved it. Um, but yeah, that those are our, our thoughts on Angel. Um, it was a really, really great series. Um, but and even though, like I said, it was it was born from the Buffy universe, it definitely feels like something and incredibly unique on its own. Um, which I think was is the key to success when you're dealing with spinoffs. I think it's the magic formula that very few spinoffs have been able to like really touch on. Right. Same.
And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the last three seasons of Angel good, bad, basic, and unforgettable. If you'd like to check out the series, Angel is currently streaming on Hulu. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you're a GBB patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out our Angel Spotify playlist if you haven't already. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week when we'll be discussing the first three seasons of E4's sci-fi comedy drama, Misfits. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.